You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So we mentioned yesterday in the sixth Mishnah of the second chapter, the case for someone who's betrothed, someone's given Kiddushin to one of two sisters, and he doesn't remember which one. And... The halacha, it's an impossible situation because marrying two sisters is forbidden. So, for example, he couldn't give Kiddushin, you know, perhaps he could just give Kiddushin to the other one or to both of them. He can't do that. He can't marry two sisters. He doesn't know which one. They're both forbidden to him. So he has to give a get to both. And if they died and he has a brother, then the brother has to perform chalitza for both of them. Because again, the brother can't can't be um, he can't have relationships with with two sisters. And however, we learned that if the deceased person has two brothers, one could perform chalitza and the other could perform yibum. Because as soon as one of them performs chalitza, then that that bond is broken. And by the way, if the two brothers went ahead and married the two sisters. We don't make them, we don't send them away. So we learned this yesterday. Now, the Mishnah is going to go through the same argumentation, but in a slightly more complex fashion, because now there are going to be two men involved. And we're going to call them, uh, we're going to, what are we going to call them? I think we're going to call them, just to make clear, they're not brothers. We're going to call them Bill and Ruven. We're going to call them Bill and Ruven, and they're not brothers, but they have betrothed two sisters, and they can't remember. In it's the same situation. It's I don't think the situation is comic. I think that the Mishnah is trying to articulate boundary conditions, test conditions. We've seen this before in the Mishnah. Actually, the Mishnah likes to articulate a test condition. So here we go. Shnaim sheki chushte achayot, ze eno yodea le'eza kidesh, ze eno yodea le'eza kidesh. Two men betrothed two sisters, and neither one knows to whom he is betrothed. What do they do? Ze noten shnei gitim, ze noten shnei gitim. They must both give two gitim. They both have to give two divorce documents. There's no other way around it. And we can kind of puzzle, and we, we can figure this out, actually, for ourselves. We're not surprised by that. And again, we've already learned that, that although the Mishnah Yivamot seems to be outlining the halakha, the practice, you know, relating to leverat marriage, what it is doing in practice is outlining the definition of marriage. So as we, on the way, if you like, we, we, we might think we're learning about yibum, about leveret marriage, but actually we're learning about marriage in general, what is forbidden, what is permitted. And this is necessary in order to proceed to the next track date, which is Kutubot, which actually allows the, out, is going to outline the laws relating to how men and women behave towards each other in a marriage. So we're beginning, if you like, by outlining the boundaries. Okay. So they give two gets each. Meitu, they died. They both died. Maybe they both die in a traffic accident or in a war. Maybe they both die in a war. Meitu, 
They, you know, this is why this is a current issue today. It's going, it's going to be very current very soon. Mate, they both died. They died. This one has a brother. That one has a brother. We call their brothers maybe Fred and Shimon. This brother performs chalitza for both widows. This brother performs chalitza for both widows. It's exactly the same situation that we saw in the case of one man who marries both of these women and can't remember which one. Now it gets interesting. This one has got a single brother. And that one has got two brothers. Let's go back to the picture. This is the picture we, we started to draw. In. So we've got Bill and Reuven, who've married Leah and Rachel, but they can't remember, they can't actually remember whether, which one they married, right? So Bill might be married to Leah, or he might be married to Rachel and vice versa. And Reuven has two brothers. We're going to call them Shimon and Levi. So Reuven has got two brothers. And of course, Shimon and Levi can't do uh, Yibum because Shimon and Levi are perhaps connected both to Rachel and to Leah. It doesn't work. We've got these impossible relationships of Yibum. We can't, we don't know what to do with this. So what, how, how's it going to work? How's it going to work? So one has a single brother and the other's got two brothers. Well, the single brother performs chalitza for both widows. That's pretty clear, I think. We, we kind of understand that. And as far as the two is concerned, one can perform chalitza and the other can perform yibum. Because as soon as one has performed chalitza, this bond, this impossible bond to two sisters is broken. And that means the second one can perform yibum. And that's essentially what I've tried to draw out on the right-hand side. So Shimon can perform chalitza on, um, for Rachel. And at that point, Levi can perform yibum. Sorry, Shimon can perform chalitza for Leah. And then at that point, Levi can perform yibum for Rachel if she wants. Obviously, they can both perform. They can both perform chalitza if they want. And if they went ahead and married, we don't send them away. We don't make them go out. And then the Mishnah continues with the logical conclusion. If they both had two, if they both had two brothers, if, if they don't, if, if they, if they both had, if they, if they both had two brothers, they both had two brothers. If they two, if they had two brothers, this one's brother performs chalitza for one, and the other one's brother performs chalitza for the other. So both both women receive chalitza, but from different relationships. One brother can then perform yibum for the one who's been released by the other one. And the 
the second brother can perform Yibum for the one who's been released by the first one. So it's possible in that situation for both of them to receive Yibum. Kadmush, if they wish to. Kadmush, Naim, Bechaltsu, if both of them went ahead and married them, if they, if two went, ab- went ahead and performed chalitza, the other two mustn't perform yibum. Rather, one performs chalitza and the other may also have yibum. If we still need one of them to perform chalitza for the other one to have yibum. If they went ahead and got married. We actually don't make them. Um, we don't actually don't make them send them away. But and will this will be in contrast to other kinds of forbidden marriages? So the Mishnah then rushes on. The commandment of Yibum is on the elder. This is if there are two brothers, the elder one really has the responsibility for Yibum. The im kadam hakaton if the younger one went ahead and performed Yibum, that is okay. He essentially, uh, he, he becomes the husband of the of the widow. He, he becomes the husband. Someone who's claimed to have a relationship with a slave. This is a female slave, a maidservant. And then she was freed. She became a free woman. The language Hanitan here is very interesting. So the suggestion is that there's no proof. And there's no, in generally speaking, when there's a relationship with this kind, there isn't proof, right? Because in order to have proof, you'd have to have witnesses. There's no proof. But Hanitan means someone who's claimed. And this is probably a serious claim. This is not just a kind of a rumor floating around the marketplace. But if there's someone who is claimed to have a relationship with a maidservant and she becomes free, that's a forbidden relationship. Or or with a a non-Jewish woman who then converted. He must not marry her. The he must not marry her first, either because it reinforces the prohibition against the relationship against it. Again, it's either because it seems to prov- to reinforce the rumor that he's had a relationship with these women who were forbidden to him, or perhaps, perhaps because it raises questions about, certainly in the case of the Giyur, in case of the conversion, it raises questions about motives for the conversion. So the Lacharid said he shouldn't marry her. But if he did marry her, we don't actually force him to divorce her. And there's a famous tshuva on this subject from the Rambam about a, someone who was living with his maidservant. And then I think he he either free, he, it's either, a, I think it's a maidservant, he freed her, he, she became Jewish. He married, he wants to marry her. He actually has already has children by her. So there's absolutely no doubt that he had a relationship with her because she has children from him. But the Rambam notices, he understands that forcing him to divorce her would essentially break up this family and take the children away from her fa- from their father. So the Maimonides allows her, 
Maimonides allows him to maintain the relationship with his wife based on this Mishnah, that if he has married her, we, we don't send her away. Someone who's claimed to have a relationship with a married woman. So this is really is a forbidden relationship. And she she was she she um she then divorces. They they we force her to divorce. Even if he marries her, we sent her away. In other words, we force him to give a bill of divorce. It's not acceptable to be accused of having a relationship with a married woman and then after her divorce to to bring her into marriage. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.